Okay, let's uh, dig in. You ready for some good news? I sure am. So here we go. Share screen. Are you ready? So the last number of weeks, uh, we've been dealing with a series called Embracing Healthy Thinking. And I brought this series in during COVID on purpose. I know I'd wanted to teach on this in the past. It's been since 2013. Can you believe it? Seven years ago was the last time I taught on this. It seems like it was only a couple of years ago, but it's not. And so uh, during this time where our thoughts are being challenged, our thought processes are, are going every which way. And for some of us, they're just magnetically pulled wherever um, our emotions are, wherever a news feed comes or some negative person comes at us, we're drawn into that negativity. Uh, honestly, uh, this series has been great. We began with talking about um, some patterns that are really bad for us. And go back and watch that because it's, it's, a, it's a really good uh, number of messages on um, being aware, self-aware of patterns of thinking that aren't helpful to you. And uh, what I've heard from some of you, I'm, I'm really glad some of you commented because um, I wasn't sure if it was making sense. And some of you wrote back and said, I identify with a, a couple of those uh, patterns that are unhealthy and wording it the way it was worded kind of woke it up. So that, that was kind of the point, which I'm glad. So last week and this week and next week, um, we're dealing with three things you can do to think healthier. We need a healthier way of thinking. Uh, thinking better, living better. When we think better, we do live better. And so I want to dig into some really good stuff. So last week, uh, the first thing we can do, and by the way, don't freak out that uh, uh, as, a, as we're all grace people that, oh, we don't have to do anything. Yes, you do. There's much to do. You don't have to do anything to get Christ in you. You don't have to do anything to maintain your salvation or a right standing with God, none of that stuff. Uh, that's the stuff we used to do under legalism. But now we get to do. We get a choice. We're, we're, given, we're given a new menu of, of things that we're able to, to do, but that menu becomes Jesus. Jesus is the menu, and he individually tells us how we're to function. So last week was really, really strong. We talked about diligently guarding your thoughts. Uh, please go back and watch last week. Uh, I don't want to repeat that whole thing because there's so much there. And I went through it pretty quick because there's so much content. But please uh, take a look at last week's. This is the first of three. So diligently guard your thoughts. Number two today, this is a big one. Meditate on the grace of God and his excessive goodness towards you. This is something that will really, really help us um, think healthier, act healthier, live healthier, is when we take time to meditate on the grace of God and his excessive goodness towards us. Well, what does the word meditate mean? I looked it up in some uh, biblical commentaries, and uh, what I got from there was it's about devise, to plan, to practice, to exercise, uh, exercise myself in, to study, to ponder, to meditate, uh, beforehand to prepare, premeditate. These are words that um, are part of the word meditate. Because I know some people have a weird religious, um, uh, they, don't, they don't like the word meditate. Don't use that word. That's not a Christian word. It's an Eastern mysticism word. No, it's not. It is not. It's a biblical word. And don't let some 
false way of understanding meditation hinder you from embracing it. Uh, don't allow legalism of the past or other definitions to stop you from embracing the grace of God in a way that you may not know about yet. So let's take a look at this. Most people think meditation is like this. You're supposed to sit on a hilltop, hum, and you just do your thing. And in fact, here I know uh, from my old church days, the idea of meditation, uh, and that's why yoga was called bad in my upbringing, because it was implying you're supposed to empty your mind. And to religious people, emptying your mind is not spiritual, blah, blah, blah. And yet that's not what it meant. Uh, but we're, we, we just wrote it all off as terrible because it's just Eastern mysticism. We don't do that. Yoga is about emptying your mind. Yoga is not about emptying your mind. It's actually about focusing. It's about emptying those, those hindrances, those thoughts that are causing stress. That's what it's supposed to empty. And it's biblical. Oh, my goodness. So that's, this is just one idea of what meditation can be. But there's more. These two pictures are powerful. The first one up top is just a person reading a book alone. Well, that's another way to meditate, to get away to a place of solitude. Jesus modeled solitude for us. He went off after he was exhausted. He went off to pray a lot uh, when the end of his day was so busy. that He just, he just had to. He had this, this drawing uh, that he wanted to connect with Jesus and he, and he did a great job there. Loved it. Then we have a picture below. This is, uh, I stole this from Terrell's uh, uh, Facebook page. Um, that's his banner picture. And I believe that is his son, Seth. I think it is. Um, but somebody took that picture from far away. And I, it was brilliant. Because to me, this captures what meditation can also be. It does not have to be alone. It could be being in the presence, sending off love to the other person. Here, I think dad is putting his hand on his son's head. Beautiful, beautiful picture. You know, um, this, I'm trying to help you see the word meditate as better than you thought. So here's some more definitions of meditate because we need to redeem this word and realize it is biblical. It is human. It is spiritual. Uh, and we don't throw away the word meditate because some other groups use it in a way we're not used to. All right. So this is where we have to learn not to judge so quickly um, and quit going for the shortcuts. Meditate. Meditates, meditated, meditating. Those are other forms of it. It means to think deeply or focus one's mind for a period of time in silence or with the aid of chanting or religious spiritual purposes or as a method of relaxation. This is the definition of what meditation is. Focusing for a period of time, whether it's five minutes, two minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever it takes. Uh, some other words that, um, if you don't think you can meditate, take a look at some of these other words. These words will help you realize, whoa, I can do that one. I didn't know that meant meditate. Well, it's very similar. So to contemplate, to think about, to consider, to ponder, to muse. I'm going to hijack that word muse for just a minute. Um, there's this device, and I have one, uh, it goes around your head. Um, and it hooks up as an app. Uh, it's called a Muse. I didn't realize until I started, uh, was starting to study this that <laughs> that's why it's called Muse. Um, I know the fire department has this, 
this tool, this resource for their firefighters for when uh, very stressful days come. It's uh, available to anyone that needs it at the fire department. But it's a relaxation tool. And what it does, the band is on your head. Um, let me just unshare for just a moment. Um, so the band goes across your head and then you have an app um, and it, it's asking you to breathe a certain pattern of breathing and then it has music that it plays for that. So the muse, which according to what we just saw, this is about contemplating and it's designed to, to help you breathe and change the, the, um, uh, the energy flow in your brain or the, um, however, I forget the right wording. I'm not getting it right right now. So I'm not going to pretend. Um, but your, the app will show you when you've come to a place of, of good, healthy patterns of the, um, uh, electric patterns in your mind, because you're trying to bring them down to a place of contemplation. And the muse is just a tool to show you it's working. So it reads what's going on in your head, sends a signal to your phone, you can see the app, you can see what's going on, and you begin to practice these patterns. And after a while, some of the firefighters didn't need the muse tool anymore because they'd mastered uh, and, and understood Self-contemplation. I remember when I went to see a naturopath um, uh, about a year ago or two years ago, whatever it was, and we were talking about meditation and thinking, and she brought me through some breathing exercises to help calm uh, for when anxiety hits. You can do it with nobody knows you're doing it. You can do it while you're sitting in an office chair or in the doctor's office or driving a car. Breathing patterns to reset your body. You can physically change your body's feelings okay it, it works I don't, i'm not going to get into all that because there's enough great resources there uh, online on this science so amuse to muse let's go back to the share screen so down here we have uh the muse to reflect to deliberate to ruminate to digest to pour over to brood i love that brooding is a type of meditation usually negative so listen, some of you meditate and don't even know it. You're brooding over what you're angry with. Somebody's ticked you off. That's meditation. You need to, this, okay, you're going to love this. This is a wake-up call to you and I that if we are unaware of what we're always thinking about, then our thoughts will just run our lives. Our emotions will just run our lives. And we've been told to take every thought captive. We covered that last week, which I thought was really good. Okay, to engage in contemplation, to be in thoughtful state, to intend, to purpose. Uh, do you remember the story of Daniel, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they were going to be thrown in their fire? Um, they had determined, they had purposed in their hearts ahead of time not to defile um, uh, their bodies by eating the food of the king. This was premeditated. Are you starting to catch this? You probably meditate more than you know. You just may not realize you may not be meditating on the right things. <coughs> Sorry, the right things all the time. I got allergies starting to hit. I do not have COVID. All right. Um, anyway, enough of that. You got, the, you got the picture there. Let's get into some more. If we want to experience the most out of this, we, as in having healthier thinking, we must grow in our understanding of God's passion for us and if our concept of God is that he is out to get us, this will hinder how we approach him. We still have people in our own lives. Maybe it's us, even here at Hope Fellowship, even though we hear the grace of God a lot, um, we forget that God is for us. 
there's these weird lies that come in from the past, from our old patterns of thinking, old voices from the past that somehow imply that God could be ticked. And he's not. And then if we think he is, then this will totally change how we approach him. So again, this is about healthy thinking. So each, when I'm giving you these sentences, they're on this PowerPoint on purpose. Every phrase is there on purpose. So I'm giving you much more that you can digest. I guarantee that. Psalm 143.5, love this. Remember the days of old. I meditate on all your doings. I love this. Here it is. I muse <laughs> on the work of your hands. Wow. This is a psalm of remembering, meditating, musing. Same words. The remembering, which is I'm, I'm going to get to later because I'm going to remind you of some things that are really, really important. And it's a great list of things to, to self, um, something you can do on your own in a quiet place. Genesis 24, 63. It says, Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening. And he lifted up his eyes and looked up and behold, camels were coming. Uh, first time I read that, I thought, did they could, could have been a lion? <laughs> I don't know. Ah, I'm not meditating anymore. Boom, gone. Um, but anyway, and camels were coming. So this is, this is an image of a very popular character in the scripture who went out to meditate. Honestly, if you look through the Old Testament, if you look through the New, there's a lot of getting away moments from many of the characters. So it's not foreign. We're not used to that. We're too caught up in being run by our calendar. I'm, I'm guilty of that for sure. Philippians uh, 4, 8, and 9. This is a, we did this verse last week, but I'm bringing it back in because this is a reminder. Summing it all up, friends, I say to you, do the, sorry, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me. Uh, let me pause there. Put into practice. How many of us know way too much? We have way too much information in our head, but we don't put it into practice. <laughs> Again, I'm speaking to myself here. So put into practice what you've learned from me, what you've heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Beautiful psalm. Okay, what do we want to think about? I'm going to give you uh, some things here, and this is where I think, <coughs> pardon me, I think this is where I'm going to get bogged down, um, and we'll have to finish up next week because uh, I'm looking at the clock, and this stuff is the best. If you're looking for the creme de la creme of great news for you, I think this, these next two slides are it, and I hope I get through them. If I don't, oh, well, um, we're, we're not bound by any schedule uh, um, to have this done all today. So uh, there's a chart called identity in Christ and I, I read through them and they're good, except I, I think it needs a serious update. And so I've tried to update some of them, um, to tell us what to look for, uh, better. 
So Romans 1, 7, these are things to meditate on. So you may be asking, well, what do I meditate on? Do I just sit there and let the, the voices of the air speak to my mind as I sit in nature? Well, yes, that can work. Nothing wrong with that. Because I believe the Spirit of God speaks through all things. Because he holds all things together, which you're going to hear in a few moments. But Romans 1, 7, do you realize you are a saint? Imagine meditating. I am a saint. I, I am a saint? Well, yes, Romans 1, 7 says you're a saint. I think, I think it says it several times in Scripture that you are called a saint, not because you have amazing behavior, but because of who you are, because of who you are one with. This, that's a beautiful start to the book of Romans. You are a saint, called saints is what Paul says. Beautiful, beautiful image. You want to meditate on that? That'll get your day going, even if it's just for a few minutes. Again, you could do this. I think I've got like 21 things, 22 things that I'm going to share with you on, the, on this list. Imagine just meditating for five minutes every day for the next three weeks on just one of these. Just ponder, muse on just one concept. You're a saint. Number uh, the next one, Romans 3.24 says, you have been made right. How many of us don't feel we're good enough? How many of us have felt, well, I got a lot of stuff in my past I'm not proud of. You know, I'm not really good enough. Hope I make it. Well, Romans 3 is reminding us, meditate on this. You have been made right. You're good. So be good. Be who you are. I think this is really, really important. Next, Romans 8.1. I love this. <laughs> Any condemning voice does not come from God. How many condemning voices have you got swirling around you? Whether it's from family members, siblings, from employers, uh, from so-called friends who you are trying to stay connected to, but they just keep condemning you, run from them. That's easier said than done. Trust me, I know firsthand. Uh, but condemning, any condemning voice does not come from God. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And you are in Christ. That Try waking up tomorrow morning. Huh. I am not to receive any condemnation. I am not a bad person. I'm a good person. I'm holy. I'm pure, righteous, blah, blah, blah. So that's a good, solid reminder. Next. Oh, this, okay, this one's good. This one's really good. Nothing, as in no thing, can separate you from the love of God. And what you may not realize, that verse ends uh, by saying, that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Okay? That's important. Why is that important? Because nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's for everybody. Every single creation, every human, no matter if they believe in God or not, irrelevant. Nothing can separate them from the love of God. It is then revealed in Christ. Okay? This is a biggie. I love this verse. I know Gary's going to comment on that. <laughs> anyway, it's great. So uh, this is something to remember because there are times we don't always feel loved. 
sometimes we emotionally question, God, I don't feel very loved today. Well, do you remember last week we talked about feelings? That often, not always, often our feelings uh, are uh, simply the revelation of what we are thinking about and pondering on. So what you focus your attention on in your mind will come out in feelings almost every time. The rare occasion when it's uh, when there's danger, sometimes your emotions uh, jump into protection mode and save you from some authentic danger around you. But by and large, your emotions are not what you're to be living from. Your emotions that just reveal what you're thinking about and your body's acting, okay? It's like going to a movie and you see a scary scene and you go, your whole body goes, ah, you know, are you actually in danger? No, you're not. But your mind is receiving images of fear or startled or whatever. So nothing, no thing can separate you from the love of God. You can be secure in that fact. That's great news. Next one. First Corinthians 6.17. It says, uh, you are one with Christ. I honestly, I don't think many people know this. I think more and more are getting to know it. And if you've been a part of Hope Fellowship for a long time or growing in Grace Ministries for a long time, this has been our primary message that we're one with Christ, our union. I think our oneness with Christ is the best kept secret in the whole Western world. Otherwise, people would be living differently if they didn't think they were one or believe they are one. So again, when you meditate on these, read the whole verse or verses around it and then meditate muse, ponder, even for five minutes every day, just one item on these lists. It's great. All right. Joanne, uh, good morning. Good to see you there. I see you commenting over here, but I can't read them right now. But I want to give you a shout out. I miss chatting with you. Um, next, 2 Corinthians 5.17. You are a new creation. I remember years ago, I was teaching conferences and I had this diagram chart that implied that uh, um, uh, only those who say the prayer become a new creation. Well, as we continue to grow, I discovered that everyone has been made a new creation. It happened at the cross. Whether you want to call it 2,000 years ago, fine, that's in time and space. Or if you want to call it before the foundations of the world, fine. We can't argue with either. Um, I don't understand it all. But we have been made new. Everyone was placed into Christ at the cross. And everyone died with Christ. And everyone was raised with Christ. But not all believe it. Now I'm calling people to believe the reconciliation. Because we are the messengers of reconciliation. I better stop there. And otherwise it's a whole new sermon. <laughs> Number, uh, sorry, the next one, second Corinthians 521. How many of us try to become righteous or do you even know what the word means? Righteous? Well, it's similar to Romans 324 up at the top. You've been made right. You are in right standing. All right. This is, this is a great word. I remember there are a number of books out in the past, um, uh, how to be holy or how to be righteous. Um, and I read all those books because I wanted to be more righteous. I wanted to be more holy. I read so many books way back when I was reading a lot more. 
um, on how to be holy. And it wasn't until years later I discovered rats. I've been trying to find out how to be holy when, oh my goodness, I, I already am. I wanted to learn how to become more righteous and already am. Well, do you realize that some of us have been led to believe that we can uh, move in and out of righteousness? That it's up to us to stay being righteous with God? He's made us righteous, but it's up to us to stay righteous. Well, that's baloney. Nowhere in scripture does that say it. Nowhere doesn't exist. So you're righteous. This is good news for you and for me. First Corinthians 5.14 says, Christ's love compels us. Christ, well, why did I put that there? Here's why. Because we sometimes wonder what our motivation is. Or uh, we say, I just can't get motivated to do this. Even this list, you're thinking, oh, no, is this, is this a motivation thing of um, how, do, how, do I, um, uh, how do I do this list that you're even sharing right now? Well, guess what? Read 1 Corinthians 5.14. It is the love of Christ that compels us, not our self-motivation. Our union self motivates us, and Christ is the source. So this is real encouraging because uh, if, you, if you've got some motivation issues or, hey, how am I going to do this, then just trust the love of Christ in you to move you to the next step. I'm not trying to give you a to-do list. I'm revealing things to all of us, to me, to you, so that if there is a thing or two that the Holy Spirit has prepared to inspire you with, now you're hearing it and you have the ability to respond. Or you have the response ability to respond. Not, not that you have to. Response, ability, ability to respond. Now you can respond to it out of love. There isn't a hammer over your head saying, please, you must. There's the heart and spirit of Christ in you compelling you. I love this. This is good news. Next one. We're going to do a couple more. That's it. Second Corinthians 10, 16. You have the mind of Christ. <laughs> some people don't know what mind they have. <laughs> oh, here's a funny one. I know some people say, I'm just speaking my mind. I'm just speaking my mind. No, you're not. Those, those people who say, I'm just speaking my mind, um, and I'm just telling you what I think, uh, are people who have not taken every thought captive. Last week's message. There are people who think that just because they think it, it's suddenly true. They've never put it into the interrogation room and considered, is this a true thought that's um, it's sourced in Christ or is it sourced in the world? Is it a voice that came to me or is it the voice of Christ in me? And they just blurred it all out, just how I feel. You know, well, those people are scary. Or they just say, that's, I'm just telling you how I feel. Well, that's nice, but telling me how you feel does not always tell me what you believe. What you believe is not always the same thing as what you feel, all right? What have you been thinking about? You upset about stuff going on in the world and you just vent? Well, that's that thought. Have you taken that thought captive? Are you fueled by the circumstances of the world? Or are you fueled by Christ in you? Which one is it? And what comes out is evidence of how you are living. It's pretty powerful. You have the mind of Christ. You're possessed by Christ. Oh, did I just say you're possessed? <laughs> yes, you are. 
You're possessed by Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Trust. Okay. How many of us believe Christ can live his life through us? Most of us will say, well, yeah, yeah, we've been raised to say that. Amen. Woo. And you get the praise hallelujahs and all that stuff. Well, if Christ can live his life through you, don't you think he can, he can think his thoughts through you too? Just ponder that one. There, maybe do that one first tomorrow when you take five minutes to muse. Huh. I love this. This is great stuff. Galatians 3.20. Here's a great thing to ponder, to meditate on. It is the faith of Christ we live by. <laughs> Christ's faith is in you. Galatians 3.20 says, No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. And I live by faith in the Son of God. But the King James Bible and the original languages say, the languages we have available to us, say we live by the faith of Christ. It's his faith in us not ours. We don't generate faith. I was told that you don't have enough faith and the guilt and shame that came on. Don't let any pastor church leader tell you, you need to have more faith. They are the most insecure uh, baby Christians that you'll ever hear because that is simply not true. You have the faith of Christ in you. Be encouraged that it's already there. The little measure you have is pretty cool. Oh, shoot. I wish I could remember a meme I had up yesterday or found yesterday. I thought it was really cool. If I get it, I'll, I'll read it to you. But it had to do with, uh, um, anyway, never mind. It was, it was cool. Last one for today. I knew I couldn't get this done. Oh, shoot. 1107. Last one. Ephesians 1, 3. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Listen, do you think you lack something? Do you think you lack anything from God? Um, <laughs> the scripture telling us in Ephesians 1, 3, you have already been blessed. You lack nothing. So when we go to God and say, hey, God, can you give me more faith? Hey, God, can, can you give me a little more patience because my family's driving me nuts? Or hey, God, I'm really scared about this world. You know, can you give me more faith to believe it's going to be all right? All that has already been put into you. Maybe change your prayer to reflect this belief that you trust you've been blessed. Maybe say, dear God, I'm having a hard time allowing my thinking to focus on things that are true. Can you help me with this? Or my patience that I'm expressing does not reflect you. Can, can you help me, you know, rely on your patience in me? Because my ego flesh self-determination uh, patience isn't working. Those are great prayers. Ask God to do that for you. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Anyway, um, that's uh, only half the list. I still got more to show, share next week. So obviously next week's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but this, is, this, this week alone, this list that I just gave you, these are some really important things to meditate on, to think about. It's not wrong to meditate. It's important that you do meditate. That's why I'm doing this series. So again, a lot of content because one, I don't want to drag this out even more. If I slowed this down, this would be like a 15, 20 week course, but I can't. You can go back and rewatch. I'm sharing with you the content I am discovering and it keeps getting tweaked and, and upgraded and even comments from individuals online make this become more and more real. I love it. All right. Let's wrap it up here. Um, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for um, uh, tuning in on a Sunday morning, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. And for those that uh, aren't dads, think of your own dad. 
um, celebrate uh, fatherhood in other people's lives. Um, this is great. I think it's, it's powerful. If you had a bad dad, I'm sorry. You know, think of your heavenly father who's a good dad, you know, um, things like that. There's no, there's, we can all find a way, find a way to turn this into a good thing. And uh, that's it. Okay.